Another week and another Mercer. Well, not another Mercer. It's the same Mercer. Dave Mercer, your host, every single week because that's all that's left. I mean, everyone else has left the building. It's just me and you, but I appreciate you for being here. A very special week here. This is our eighth episode. Welcome to M8, the number one rated fishing podcast on this particular channel. I thank you all for allowing us to become that. This is a big week for our humpers. A very special hump day. Why? Because last week was May 2-4 or Victoria Day in Canada. And this upcoming week is Memorial Day in the United States of America. So it's an extra short week for almost everybody. So it's an extra special hump day. And to celebrate that, we've got you an extra special guest. That's right. We don't have a bunch of guests this week. We've got one. The one and only Mike Iaconelli. That's right. I told you to never give up on this show. We will bring you inspirational quotes like that and great guests like Ike. So without further ado, one of the most polarizing characters in this entire sport, the amazing Mike Iaconelli. I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Welcome to Mercer. Another week and another podcast. And moment of total honesty. I just got back from the Elite Series event down in Alabama on Lake Gunnersville. And while I was away, summer arrived in Canada. So it is sweltering hot in our little studio here. So if you see me wiping my brow or if, if our listeners... Our streaming listeners, thank you. Please give us a review while you're streaming and sub and do all that stuff so we can keep doing this. Um, if you hear me wiping my brow, um, that is why. Because, um, well, let's be honest. I don't need another reason to sweat. Um, and I've got one here today. But, yeah, just got back from Alabama. Big week on Lake Gunnersville. Giant week for Caleb Kufall. Uh, giant. I mean, one of the most bizarre elite series events I've ever covered, to be honest, uh, just simply because I, I, I don't get it. I mean, he, generally a blowout like what he did, you know, I mean, to lead wire to wire is one thing that happens, but to do it and, and to not be doing anything that different than anybody else is unseen you know what i mean he literally just caught bigger fish than everybody else he outfished the field um and it's so rare you know generally when you think of patrick walters last year on lake fork what he did he was a cutting edge technique doing something different um all sorts of you know you, you look at all those blowouts usually there is a key or an answer here's why it was a blowout not this week. He just outfished everybody, and he did it while wearing cargo shorts and Crocs. And, uh, man, he went from sleeping in the back of his truck to um, he got a hotel that that very night. Um, I saw him on BTL with uh, Panger and Mark, and they told him to go to Wenzel's, so pick up a girl there. We'll see how that all worked out. I'll be my first question, actually, at the next tournament. Um, so congratulations to him. Really, really cool. Um, just a cool, good, good person, really. Um, not the only Caleb to have a big event, really. Actually, uh, Caleb Summerall, 
uh, one big bass, Phoenix Boats Big Bass Award. But outside of that, he had a cool moment that nobody got to see, and I'll let you guys in on. And for those of you that aren't parents, this won't impact you. But one day when you are parents, you'll think back to this story and you'll realize it. Um, it's the little things in life that matter. It's those little tiny moments. So it was Caleb's birthday on day one of the tournament. Him and Corey Johnston both had a birthday that day. And cool thing is um, Corey's kids are locked in Canada, so they probably totally would have done it. Um, actually, his wife was trying to get in touch with me to get a cake, but I was didn't get back to her. I'm a total jerk. Sorry. Um Caleb's kids went walking down the dock and they they showed up with these helium balloons with his wife and Caleb's kids are super cute. I mean, they're like little models and they're running down the dock and they're, yo, oh, daddy, and they've got these balloons. And so as they go to hand him the balloons, I believe his son, Axel, which is an awesome name, um, went to hand it to him and the balloon flipped out of his hand. So it starts to do the float. You know, everybody sees it. Every time you see a floating balloon, you know there's a kid below it crying somewhere. Caleb pounces and catches the balloon midair as it's just about to leave our district and gives it back to his kid. Now, I'm sure that didn't mean any, you know, to the kid that was cool and whatever, and it happened quickly, but all I couldn't stop thinking about you know how, like, think of how scarred the kid would be. Remember that time we carried the balloon down to to daddy and I dropped it and it went up to the sky. And so I just thought it was, it was a super cool moment. Um, another cool moment is Carl Jacobson had a big finish this week. Um, friend of the show, of course, he was on just a few weeks ago as well as Caleb. Well, the second Caleb, not the first Caleb, but we'll get him on too. Um, at some point, eventually, I mean, we don't have rules. We'd like to have everyone on eventually. Um, so, Carl Jacobson and his wife, Kayla, freaking, yeah, he, he got a great finish. Good for him. That was awesome, and he needs it and keep it going. Uh, everybody wants him to keep catching them, um, and and I think he will catch them in the next few for sure. Um, but a great finish, and most people would think, you, you know, you'd go home, and, you know, he's in Tennessee. It doesn't take him long to get home. Stayed at the event and went and cleaned up trash off the rip rack. Rip, rip, rap? rip rap you see this is why i don't shoot shows at night um went to clean garbage off the rip rap and uh, basically you know 10 bags of garbage or something like that the day after you know he was eliminated from the tournament so fish three days fourth day he spent championship sunday cleaning up you know the local area said you know while he was fishing it just he couldn't believe how much trash was left there and Really cool. Pretty freaking awesome. And uh, speaking of pretty freaking awesome, this show, I mean, this is the greatest podcast in fishing. Well, no, it's not even close, but people are tired of me making fun of it and saying it sucks. So I'm taking a whole new direction. We are the greatest podcast in fishing, maybe. But if we're not, our guest this week is definitely the host of one of the greatest podcasts in fishing and, and, and probably one of the most unique. I think I think one of the things that's coolest about this guy is his relationship with his boys. You know what I mean? All the people he grew up with, uh, Brian the Carpenter, Dave, all those guys, you know, it's so cool to see 
that environment he took all his buddies from high school and everything and they've made this together with pete and everybody involved it's just cool it's a cool environment it's cool to see and it's rare really when you think about it um it's far too often we're used to the exact opposite you know people make it and they don't help people um so i think it's awesome um i've always tried to help people as much as possible but 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 you don't get the opportunity to help your buddies from high school. I mean, they just don't, it's just not something that is, happens for all of us. You know what I mean? I mean, my buddies from high school don't even care about fishing for the most part. Um, so it's just, it's just a really cool setup. And obviously, if you're not aware, our guest this week, and this a little different, um, I told him I was going to book him for 10, 15 minutes, just a quick talk. And we ended up talking for a long time. So we're only going to have one guest this week. But I mean, when you have this guy, you only have one guest. Because we got the one and only freaking Mike Iconelli. That's right. It Ike and, and I mean, <sighs> this conversation is about as real as it gets. Mike Iaconelli, I've decided to do something incredibly original. You know I am the king of originality, and I'm starting a fishing podcast. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, it's wow. breaking. It's going to be a new big thing in fishing. What do you think? Uh, the idea of a podcast is a novel idea. I think it's unique. I think it's different. There's not a lot of people in the fishing industry doing it, so I'm excited for it. Good job, Dave. <laughs> I, I don't know even know what I'm doing. I mean, to, to, be, to be totally honest, I mean, if I'm just laying it out there i'm really only here just because i did a really cool podcast with another guy and he didn't want to do it anymore and my ego wouldn't let me not do a podcast so that's why i'm freaking stuck doing a podcast um i'm glad you're doing a podcast i'm glad you're doing a podcast because you know i i've been engaged in a podcast for seven almost seven years now and we still have no idea what we're doing so we need good quality podcast out there because Ike live is not one of them. <laughs> Whatever. You're so full of crap. I mean, really you, you don't feel that though. Like I know you say that in interviews, Ike, <laughs> but this is, this is the only chance this crappy podcast has a shot to be real is by being real, but you don't feel yeah. that you, I know you feel you. Where do you think no. your podcast ranks in the fishing world? No, honestly, I do feel like it's really not that good, but <laughs> in saying that I love it. Because we've talked about this before. The reason I love my podcast, this is going to sound pathetic, but I'm going to give it to you, is it's a great excuse for me to hang with my friends who uh, most of them I've known since grade school, literally. It's a great excuse to hang with my friends and drink beer and catch up with them. And, you know, life is crazy. Life's busy. You get torn in different directions and it gives us sort of an excuse, like I said, it sounds bad, but it gives us an excuse to hang out. And, you know, I, I love those guys. Those guys have been my friends since I was, you know, smaller than Vegas. So it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. And, you know, we've had an opportunity to turn it into somewhat of a business and people, enjoy it. people enjoy it and it kills time for people. I, I hear from so many people that, you know, they, they're listening to it at work or driving or on the way to a derby. And that, that's cool, man. If I, you know, you know, it's entertaining people. There's something special about that, you know? And, and back when I was in high school, I was a DJ. I started DJing back when DJing was actual DJing with 
Yeah. Metal when they actually tables and didn't just press of, buttons. Yes, people pieces of plastic called records for wow. all you young people. Yes, records, discs, plastic discs. Um, but you know, I love that. I love DJing more because not, I like music, but more because I like entertaining people. And all yeah. these years later, I still, I still do. You know, and I know you do too. I know you feel the same way. Yeah, and and it's weird you say the thing about catching up with people because to be honest this kind of new evolution for the podcast that's actually the biggest thing i literally just said it to sarah a few minutes ago i'm like the coolest thing about this is because i'll be honest there's a freaking playoff hockey game happening right now i, yeah. I was bitching about doing this a few minutes ago and i know you probably <laughs> were too let's be totally honest i mean you're like oh, i can't believe i agreed to do this but i already am like it's cool that we're taking the time to catch up because yeah. it's just the nature of our business. And, you know, when we used to see each other every yeah. other week, it was one, but yeah. even then you're, you're it, these conversations are so rare. You know what I mean? Where you're, yeah, I, I, I do, I do know what you mean. And I, and we've run into each other a bunch uh, in, in the last few years. And I, and I've said it to you personally, but I'll say it again to you via this zoom machine. I do miss you, Dave. I do. I, I miss I miss you. I miss seeing you uh, through the ups and downs as a tournament competitor. You know, I'm sort of removed from it a little bit now and I'm smiling about it because, you know, as a tournament competitor, you're, you're, you're through the ringer of super highs and super lows. And, you know, you've, you've got to sort of buckle up and deal with that uh, in the public. And, and we've been through a lot of that together and, um, you know, now I get to kind of look at it and chuckle. And I, I love Bassmaster Live. I watch Bassmaster Live nonstop. I watch MLF the live there. I, I'm just a live junkie. I love it. Uh, you know, I've heard. Which one I've do you think is better? Uh, I, 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 I think I, I'd be honest now because I got, you know, here's the great thing. You know, I feel like I've had handcuffs removed from me, honestly. And I've, I've always been pretty open. I've tried to be as open as possible, but I can be even more open now. And I, I do like the Bassmaster Live a little better than MLF Live. I really do. Uh, I, I, I like them both, but I do like the Bassmaster Live a little bit better. But it's been fun. Sorry to be a it. dick, by the way. No, but no, no. That's okay. People tune no. into this crap. Let's no, be honest. Okay. If there's no negative. Uh, no, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters anymore, so it's all good. Uh, but I get to watch it now. And in and, and, and all the leagues, I watch, you know, that emotional roller coaster and and – and there's things I miss about it and there's things I don't, you know? So I, I get to watch it now and kind of laugh and chuckle and be like, yep, I remember that. Oh yeah. That sucks. Oh, that's the best. Oh yeah. That's not so good. You know? And I yeah. watch it removed from it now, which is interesting. You know, you went back and fished a tournament at MLF and a bass tournament. One of the opens, um, yeah. was it different going back or was it literally just like, ah, I'm back. You, you know, it, it, um, and again, I'm just being honest with you. At the MLF event, it felt kind of static. It felt like oh, I'm just back, and um, you know, a lot of a lot of some of the things why I left were creeping in at that event again. Um, but when I went back to the Bass Open on the James, man, it was very refreshing for me to get back to a tournament format that was you know, more ingrained in the roots of who I am as a fisherman. And uh, it was nice. It, it, again, this, another thing is going to super say, unprofessional. I'm sorry. I'm getting, that's okay. Fast. I'm throwing a lot of stuff out here. That's going to sound terrible, but 
it felt good swinging fish over the gunnel, letting them flop on the floor. It felt <laughs> really, really good. Uh, it, it, it felt good throwing them in a live well. It felt great to be on a stage with people and holding fish and talking to people and signing autographs. That stuff was missing for me in, in the other league that I fished. And it did feel really refreshing to go back. Um, at the same time, you know, a lot of the things I'm getting to do now that I'm not a top full-time touring pro, yeah. Dave, I am enjoying the hell out of it. I had the time at home with my kids, all four of my kids, the things I'm getting to see and do and, um, you know, the op- some of the new opportunities that are popping up. I am relishing in these moments right now. So I am in no rush to get back to full-time competition, but I did, I did enjoy myself at the last event at Bass, you know, the Bass Open. Yeah. Watching you guys as a family, there, there's a little part of me that's a little bit jealous, you know, because I have always said, uh, you know, now that my kids are, you know, 16 and 14, I've always kind of said, man, this bass thing, it should be coming along now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, yeah. and because I missed what you guys are experiencing now with, with young kids and it's yeah. it's really cool to watch. Yeah. But I do want to talk to you about something you, a word you used, refreshing, to, to yeah. go back. And, and yeah. it doesn't matter what name it is, whether it's Paul Nick, Swindle, Hackney, Christie, any of the guys who, who re-qualified and made it back. Yeah. That's exactly what I, I've talked about it behind the scenes with a few people, but you're one of the only guys that will give me a true, honest answer on it. But I really think when you watch those guys fish, when yeah. they come back, it's almost like I can yeah. get back to doing yeah. what I was always meant to do and what I always trained to do. It's yeah. almost like everything else was weighing on them, and it's almost a freeing, refreshing feeling that, that I get. Is that real or is that nuts? That's real. Very, very refreshing. Very back to my roots, back to why I love the tournament fishing and um, – you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to say that knocking MLF because I think, no. I, yeah. And, and I know you're not either, but they've got a great premise and they've got great anglers over there, but something was definitely missing over there and it felt good to come back and, it, and, and those things that were missing, um, it felt good to engage, you know, in those things again, you know, here's the thing, since I'm being honest, I'll just keep going. Um, you know, the whole MLF thing happened, you know, as, a as, a sort of a rebuttal to say, Hey, you know, the anglers need to be a little more in control of their own destiny. And, and we need to get away from some of this stuff that's gone on. And that's why it happened. Um, you know, all these years later, did it fix those problems? I don't, I don't know if it did. I don't, I don't think that's a perfect world over there and either is bass. You know, I, I think bass still has its problems. MLF has its problems. And I don't know that they'll ever go away. So, but that aside, it felt really nice to put fish in the well and greet people and meet people and see people smiling and laughing. And, uh, you know, I, I miss that. And Corona amplified all that. What, no matter, you know, if you were fishing bass or ML or FLW or whatever, it amplified the lack of that interaction. And, you know, it's coming back. Things are getting back to normal to go fish a bass event again. Everything felt, it, it felt, it felt good. It felt really nice. I'm, I can tell you, I'm excited. I've got, um, 
two more Northern Opens on my schedule. I've got three Northern Toyota Series on my schedule. Uh, I get to be within a five-hour drive of my house and all these events. So if I don't, if I bomb and don't make the third day, I can drive home that night and be in my own bed. So, you know, this is a really cool season for me because I'm sort of got the step away, but I'm fulfilling my competitive spirit a little bit and, and still getting to engage in tournament fishing. So it's a, it's been a great year. I, I think the rest of the year is going to be good too. Are fans more important to you? And, and when I'm asking all these questions, totally. Uh, I mean, I appreciate you having my back, but, but even the MLF thing, uh, yeah. that's not to me, what they're doing being different is the right thing to do. I mean, if yeah. you're going to compete with bass, you better not try to compete. If you're going to yeah. the XFL better try to be the XFL. If they try yeah. to be the NFL, it'll never work. Right. And, and so I don't disagree with what they're doing, but I just know that there's something that we all underestimated. I think, you know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and, and it's taken me a while to kind of look at it and be like, man, I'm a Kansas city chiefs fan. I'm a huge chiefs fan. And Patrick yeah. Mahomes leaves tomorrow to go compete in a bigger league. I'm still a chiefs fan. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I was a Bassmaster classic fan before Mike Iconelli, before Kevin Van Dam, but you know what I mean? So I yeah. think we all sure. underestimated that. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I, you're, you're right. You hit it dead on. And I think for the generation of anglers that grew up with bass, you know, whether you're a fan or a participant, um, you, you know, it's, it's ingrained in what, what tournament fishing is. It's, it's, it's BASS, but you know, that may change too. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, there are a whole group of young people that, you know, love the MLF, MLF format and these young, the young guys over there and, and, you know, believe it or not, there are people that watch MLF that, that aren't fans of bass and, and, you know, so it, I know, I know, I don't, I can't understand that, but, but I think, you know, for me, you, you mentioned some names, I think for me and Polinick and Swindle and Hackney and, you know, those guys, I, I think it just, it wasn't right for them and it didn't feel right. Yeah. And I think they, they wanted to get back to their roots and, and, and it felt, it felt more right for them and, you know, their history in the sport. So, you know, the years will tell, you know, it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting to see, uh, how it evolves in the next five, 10, 15 years, 20 years. I hope I'm around that long to get to see it evolve. And I said this before, I'm going to say it again. Um, that split that happened in the long run, if we were to 20 years from now, rewind this podcast, everybody'd be like, Mike was effing right. He's a genius. Um, and I, I, I believe I am right. I think it was a good thing that that happened. I think it put into motion some things that helped grow the sport that helped, um, change the outlook of some of the owners and, and, uh, people that run the organizations. Right. So I think there was a positive. Everybody, it had to affect literally every facet of the industry. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it did affect yeah. everything. I think the way, even sponsors deal with it, it, it. It's changed everything. Some of it good, some of it bad. But I mean, there's reasons it happened. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't think anybody can deny that. Um, yeah. You know, um, are fans more important to you than other pros? That that's where I was going with that long-winded, weird diatribe I just did. But but what I mean is, you 
other sports terms. You're freaking yeah. Conor McGregor, dude. You feed off the fans. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? Like you really, there's other people that, and this is not a knock on him, but I'm going to, the most obvious example would be a Cliff Pace. A great angler, but yeah. I don't think Cliff Pace cares if anyone shows up for take up in the morning. Right. Um, and that, that's yeah. not an insult. He's focused on, but are fans more important to you? I, I don't want to say I don't I don't want to say more important because I think fans are important. A lot of every pro, you know, you got to have a respect and, um, you know, they have to be important to your platform. But for me, you know, man, this has been a long I've been in it a long time. And um, the fans have really kept me going through the years from so many levels, like, you know, emotionally, dude, one one Conor McGregor line. Fulking, fulking. I said fulking. I can say that because it's fulking. You say whatever you want. One hundred fulking percent. They have got me through emotionally through really tough times in my career, and you know they've stuck with me. And you know I don't know. It's almost like the fans for me have kept me in this sport as long as long as I have, and and there is a respect for that, and. You know, one of the big things, and I've said this before, uh, I've mentioned this before, but I am like you, like Zona, like a lot of the bass heads. I am the biggest fan of the sport you'll ever find. Yeah. Dude, I've got every Bassmaster magazine I've ever owned since 1983. I'm talking about paper. I still have them. I still get them. I don't throw them away. I have them in boxes, all those old issues. I'm the biggest bass fan you'd ever want to meet. I went to seminars as a kid. I went to the old Bash University classes. I watched pros and there was something about when I was a kid, the pros that would spend time with you. I had some amazing experiences in my youth with, gosh, Guido Hibden, Jimmy Houston. I think everybody has a good Jimmy Houston story uh, at shows. Um, you know, guys that, and I would watch them and I'd sit back and, and I always said, God, if, if this ever happens to me, if this ever happens, if I ever, uh, you know, pull this thing together, that's who I want to be, you know? And I watch other pros. I won't mention those guys. I watch other historical pros that, you know, and I don't even want to say they were being rude, but they were, you know, they didn't feel comfortable around the fans. They, yep. they just want, you know, and I get that. Everybody's different, man. But I gained a big respect and, you know, early on when I got that opportunity where people wanted to talk to me, I was like, what in the hell? People want to, people want to, you know, they wait for me to boat ramp. I'm it's dark after practice. They wait for <laughs> three hours. Are you kidding me? Like, and that to me was always like for, for me and the brand, it was the single most important thing I could do. I don't want to throw sponsors under the bus, but the fans are the most Everything. important thing. They are the most important thing, you, you know? And when I've had my bad moments in my career, the fans were there. And when I had my great moments, the fans were there. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. They're just in, uh, they're an integral part of my fishing career. And when that part was sort of removed at the events level, you know, it, it definitely felt, it didn't feel right for me. Um, when Corona hit and all that went away, it, it was crushing. Yeah. And, and these, these things are great and we do lives and we get to interact with, with fans and 
but to phys- you know to physically be there and connect connect with someone that takes time out of their life and they want to speak to you that's awesome that's flattering i it's humbling it's what i love about the sport and um you know i hope that never changes you, you know for me no matter what my career path in fishing where wherever it takes me I want to keep that connection with the fans. It's, it's, it's been, it's been amazing, you know? And I tell you this, you were there for it. Um, you know, this happens in every walk of life, but like when something happens, that's the best it could ever be. <laughs> you almost never want it to happen again. And you're, and you're satisfied to a certain level. I've had that happen, you know, with the classic with AOY, not that I wouldn't want to win more. I would, but, you know, after it happens, that moment, you can't duplicate it, right? It, it's, it's like a dream come true, right? That my win in Philadelphia, for me was, was, that was the biggest thing that ever happened in my career, because it, it really brought my career full circle. And the connection with the fans there was the best, you know, you could just never duplicate it. And I, I've had people say, Oh, man, don't you want these leagues to come back to Philly? And wouldn't you like another chance? And I think about it, I was like, like, that'd be cool. But then I'm like, nah, nah, man. I, I want to just, I want to just close my eyes and remember that one. And I don't want to do that one again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the crazy thing, and I don't even know if you remember this, you told me that before you ever won it. The, the morning of takeoff, me and you, and we, you know, our interactions, they're so weird. Like, I mean, it could be you pulling out a day old sandwich out of your rain jacket. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Jimmy John's or whatever you're eating. Yeah. But but every once in a while we have these serious moments. And and I remember talking to you because, to be honest, outside of Jerry McInnes and, the you know, the production crew and Jerry was a big pusher behind that being here. You know what I mean? He was yeah. a big believer in that. Yeah. But pretty much all the anglers hated. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It, and reeked. Then, it reeked for them. They, yeah. were, they were in a fishery that was pretty bad. It wasn't as bad as some of them, you know, some of the Ohio River tournaments. And, you know, it, it wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. But the environment freaked them out. You yeah. know, I, God, I got stories, you know, half, half our bass guys, especially the older guys from the South, they all carry anyway, right? So, you know, they're <laughs> holding their pistols as they're driving down the road. Come on, guys. Not that bad. I mean, strange things happen in Philadelphia, but it's not that bad. But um, yeah, it was it was a different kind of event. But you know, I, I again, now that I'm sort of removed from it, I like those different events. Yeah, you know? like I I look at the Sabine and man, the Sabine is torture like the Delaware Rose. Yeah. right? It's it's a brutal tournament. But as a fan, when I got to watch it this year, intriguing. Yeah. And what a great, you know, great storylines and, and elements that you didn't have in Gunnersville. Gunnersville was awesome. It was a blowout. So was Fork. That's great. But I Gunnersville like- sucked, I think. It was an awesome yeah. tournament. But really, yeah. in May, you go to yeah. Gunnersville. That's the one in the calendar. You're like, it's going to be lights out. Right. It was. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? And so it was so. cool yeah. that, that, that it was a blowout victory. But yeah. just the way it kind of happened, it was it was unremarkable in a way. You know, right. it was so remarkable, but unremarkable to me. Right. Where he was doing the same thing as everybody else, he was just catching bigger fish. Like there was no like secret <laughs> spot. There was, you know what I mean. There's yeah. almost like that yeah. element. But 
Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. No, but I, I think the mix of having those um, challenging events yeah. are, is good. It's good for the sport. You know, as a participant, I know sometimes it's hard to, to swallow it, but as a fan, I love, I liked watching that, that Sabine. I like watching those weird, tough ones, you know, they're, yeah. they're good. It's a good, good to have in the mix, you know? Yeah. So that morning at Philly, when we had that conversation though, I remember wondering like, cause I said to you, I, I'm trying to convince, like, you're like, we're never coming back here. And because I was like, we need to have every, this is freaking WrestleMania. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. the, the, the second most excited person that event was me. Trust me. I was loving every minute of it. And I remember thinking, we got to come back here. And you're like, we're never coming back. And I'm like, how can I say that with everything? Yeah. And I really thought about it that afternoon when everything went down because I was like, man, he's probably right, but we need to enjoy this and, and, what did that feel like? You know what I mean? Like to, to yeah. see it from the outside, but, but to really be that guy, what, what, what was that? Ike? Like, what? it was, it was unreal. I mean, you know, there's a couple parts to it. I mean, we got to see it with Wes, you know, this year, uh, he won on his home turf. So there's that. But not like that, dude. Yeah. Not like that. <laughs> you, there's you no know. fans like those people. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. They, yeah, when I, you bring up the fact that they threw snowballs at Santa, they cheer, <laughs> they celebrate. Yes, we did that. <laughs> the fans, the fans, you know, Philadelphia fans are passionate and emotional and super high, super lows. Yeah. And they're me. They are me. Um, you know, I remember in that tournament, like now, you know, I, I didn't shave. I was, you know, like I had so much, everything was focused on winning this event. And it was almost like more that I wanted to win for Philly and the Northeast and the anglers that, you know, that are like me. And the great thing was a lot of them came out, you, you know, to, to say, <laughs> to say, Hey, you know, we're that same fisherman where we get pissed off and we curse. And when we catch a 10 and a half pound bag, we're super excited. We call a two pounder a giant. We, you know, it, it was a really amazing connection. Not, not that I don't have connection with fans all over, but, but there it was incredibly uh, just amazing connection. And, yeah. and, and the, the full circle thing was real though for me. And, and, um, you know, I got emotional and I teared up. I didn't, you know, I, I was sort of crying on the inside, but something happened. I don't know if I ever told this story. Something happened on the last day. I look back on it and I say, and I, and I almost think, why the hell did I do that? And I don't know why I did it. Um, but it was the most unbelievable, surreal thing that ever happened in my life, in my fishing career. So the, it was the last day and um, it was about three quarters through the day. And, you know, one of the beauties of bass, you have no idea, you, you know, you can guess and you have feelings on whether you're doing good or bad or, you know, and I had a limit at that point, but I had a real, I think a real small one, another small one and three quarters of the way through the day, like I took this gamble and I ran way up the Schuylkill River and Dave, you've been in the Schuylkill, the Schuylkill <laughs> is a stingy, can be a stingy place, but I ran way up the Schuylkill through these winding turns and, you know, bridge pilings and you never know what's floating down yeah. the Schuylkill. And I took this chance to fish this one spot when I'm way up, flipped this one spot and then came all the way back. Didn't, didn't never got a bite and continued my day. Ended up calling just one more time. 
But that area that I fished was within sight of one of the first places I ever fished as a kid. And I've got a picture from my uncle of me and my grandfather fishing basically a wall uh, below the art museum in the Schuylkill River at Philadelphia. And I'm probably three or four years old. And it was just this thing that drew me up there to try this spot. And, um, you know, like looking back on it, that's sort of what that tournament meant to me. It was the place I learned how to fish that my uncle and my grandfather and my grandfather's father fished. And, you know, all these years later, I got to go back and win a, an event there. And it, it, it just felt like if I was to never, ever fish another tournament the rest of my life, I'm happy. This, this was, this was my exclamation point, you know, and, and, and if, you know, and again, I don't know, I, I sit here talking, I still don't know what I'm doing in the next five, 10 years, but if I never go back, Dave, it'll never get any better than that for me. I promise. And, and I, I'll prove it to you. Like I've got a lot of, I'm in my office, got a lot of cool memorabilia. There's an AOI, a classic yeah. federation national title. I'm so proud of those, but there's, there's the Delaware trophy uh, there. Yep. And there's, there's that picture. Let me see if I can give you a close up for, for your, for the fans listening to the audio version of this, not going to mean anything, but you know, that, that right there, that is, that made my fishing career. It will never get better than that, Dave. Never. It was an amazing moment. And, and I think I, I'm going to let you go because I, I have so many directions. I really would love to ask you about so many different things. Like, I feel like we've hardly even touched anything because, I mean, your freaking life is an onions. There's so many layers. Yeah. to. We just started getting off on all these other tangents. Yeah, right? it's, it's great. But I'm going to let you go for a specific reason, because I know you want to get back to your family. And, and Ike, I'm going to tell you right now, all crap aside, it wasn't that long ago that I mean, I don't, I'm, and I don't want to sound like a jerk, but you were sending cryptic texts, answering angry stuff on social media, and you were in a very dark place. But to yeah. see how happy you literally are at everything you're doing right now is, um, I mean, it's pretty amazing and inspiring. So, yeah. so congrats on that. And, I appreciate uh, that. I appreciate that. And, and, you know, it's easy to get caught up in, politics and um all that stuff and you know at times in the past re you know even more recently you know i sort of had days where i was not happy and depressed and sad and you know sometimes you have to sort of snap yourself out of it and you know real life does that for me and your children do it and your yeah. family will do it and you know, life stories and meeting people and, you know, you know, people passing away and, and, and it sort of snaps you out of it and says, man, it's not that bad, you know, and um, I've dealt with that my whole life, you know, since I was a kid, bout, little bouts of depression, but, you know, you can snap out of it. And I've, I really feel like I've snapped out of it, got a great family support unit, great friend support unit, and I am happier than I've ever been, Dave. I, yeah. I appreciate that. You can see that. Do you think that, and I know I said it was letting you go, but, but just since you, do you think that's something synonymous with people like us? You know, like people yeah. that are, you know, it's, 
Oh, yeah. Over the top. You know, it's yeah. so hard to run at that swindle. People like that. It's so hard to run at that level. I, I think. Oh, yeah. It's it, a thing that nobody ever says, but yeah, it's the truth. It is. It is. I think, you know, your your personality definitely dictates the the direction your emotions go. And and I've always been emotional. Like I said, it's great because there's super highs and there's super lows. And, <laughs> you know, even after all these years, it's sometimes tough to, you know, to deal with with the highs and lows, especially the lows. But you know, for me, it was always hard to just, uh, you know, like, um, you know, it's hard to be a guy and admit those things, you know, it's hard to say, it's hard to say I'm depressed. And people look at you and say, that's ridiculous. He's got a house and kids and he fishes for a living. It's fine. How's he do? You know, it's hard for people to understand. I get it. I understand that, you know, for sure. But they're real emotions and, um, you know, and, and, dealing with them is the hardest part, you know, it, you know, you tend to want to shut down and run away, but when you deal with them, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a better thing, but I'm human, you know, I make mistakes. I'm going to continue to make mistakes. And, you know, you know, I, I, you know, you look at social media and I know you get this too, Dave, and you know, there's a thousand positive comments on something you post and there's, it's not the one you remember 50 (laughs) negatives trying to tear you down. And, you know, it wear, it does wear on you, you know. Yeah. Brian the carpenter attacks every one of them, but um, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I try to I try to take it all in stride, and uh, like I said, you know, sna- when I snap out of it, I realize that man, I got a really amazing life. I've had an amazing career. I've got amazing friends, amazing opportunities. This podcast tonight, talking to you, I got it good, man. I got it good. Yeah, you know, you, you do. And I and I think we as an industry have it good. Like when you think of of all the things that I mean, you have to be realistic too. like to say, OK, he's got a house and he's won a trophy and things like that. None of those things ever make anybody happy. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it's, you also deal with a lot of things that nobody in the past ever dealt with. You know, right. the access of those 50 people being able to say whatever they want and as hurtful as they want to be. But <laughs> yeah. I the real you has always been what has shined through in this industry, highs or lows. I mean, it's, uh, I think the only part of the Ike evolution that I was never a fan of was the, the geeky glasses and the vest. I mean, once you I ditched know. that, why? Last question, and I'm going to leave you. Why did you wear that stuff? Were you trying to conform? Yes. Yes. I'll get, yes. And yes. in the time, the time of it. So I'll give you two things. Yes. And I've actually admitted this. I, I've admitted this before. I'll admit it again. I'm not proud to admit it. In the beginning, I definitely tried to fit in. When I say in the beginning, you know, my uh, error of trying to qualify for the top four, you know, because you're sort of, you don't know what the hell you're doing and you're sort of lost, you know, and you do try to, you do try to fit in. So I think there was a little bit of that. um, And I think, you know, as I settled in a little, I think by, my first couple wins, you know, you start to settle in, you start to realize things were happening in my life where I said, Oh, this is bullshit. I'm, yeah. I'm sick of this, you know? So I did try to conform a little bit, but a little bit of it was the time too. You know, you got to look back and dude, that vest, that shit was cool back in the day. I'm talking about, dude, I was watching Mickey. It really Bruce. was. I remember. I was, dude, I was watching Mickey Bruce up on the thousand islands, pitching oh. that Stanley jig with that Ranger vest. Oh bro. That was the bomb. Tom oh. Man Jr., come on, man. 
Are you kidding me? With that that ranger vest with the patches, Danny Bauer flipping them docks with a tube. Satin under jacket, the satin under jacket. Oh, wow. Wow. And and even glasses were cool. Uh, You know, maybe not the glasses I had. (laughs) But glasses, sunglasses were cool. Like Ken Cook had cool glasses. You know, they were more like goggly glasses. Yeah. Uh, Chris Aldane right now has cool sunglasses. Yeah. I had cool glasses, but in my, and like, just to like me and maybe like one of. Hey, well, you know, you're right. Cause if you put comparatively and through the magic of this show, we'll do it. Um, if you put comparatively of what Kevin looked like at the time versus what you looked, you maybe did look very, very cool. Hey, yeah. But it wasn't his fault, fault that the hat didn't hit his head, fit his head. <laughs> I love them old pictures. How oh, they make me laugh, So man. good. So uh, good. It is good. I love it. Mike Iconelli, oh. you are good, and hanging out with you has been very, very good. Uh, I don't know if we accomplished anything here tonight, but we accomplished having a good time, and I thank you for that. Thank you, Dave, for having me on. Uh, it's always fun hanging out with it, whether it's a podcast or at the bar or maybe on the tournament stage sometime oh. in the future, Dave. You don't know. Look at, always with the T's. Always with the T's. Maybe. <laughs> in the Opens. I'm 17th in points right now. I don't know. If you qualify, will you come back? Yes or no? Get really mad at me and hang up. It'll be great quick debate. <laughs> if, I, if, if I qualify through the Opens, I will write the date down on when they need an answer. You know, because I, I, I know from the oh past, God. you know. How many specials? Thing. How many yeah. specials in between? If you qualify, I just want to. How many Ike Live specials will there be? The reveal. It's coming <laughs> down to the decision. It, yeah, LeBron James will call you up and be like, bro. Enough. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a night live the My night chair just broke. before the deadline date when I have to give an answer if I qualify. We'll oh do a we'll do a seven hour long podcast. Can I be there to just I'll just sit in the corner que- creepily and I'll wear one of those old fashioned press hats. Yeah. I'll just Iconelli is approaching the microphone. <laughs> Iconelli may make a decision. Yeah. You can. I would love for you to do that. That'd be All great. right. That'd be great. All right. Go go tuck those kids in and uh, if they're not already in bed. But thank you very much. Uh, that was a weird way to end this podcast. I mean, I tried to sound nice there. You see? Just <laughs> thank you, Dave. Hi to the family thank for you, me, Ike. I will. You too. You too. Right. And I, I hope they let you out of Canada soon. Hey, they have. They have. I've recent, they've recently been let out. I found a loophole. <laughs> I found a loophole. <laughs> Oh, that's a whole other story. Okay. But uh, but we're revealing your secrets tonight. Goodbye. Right. Bye, babe. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> and that right there, that's about as real as it gets. I mean, thank you, Mike Iaconelli. I mean, not just for being a guest on this show, but also for, for bringing it, you know, for, for being as real as he was here. Um and, and the guys, that's what, that's kind of what I'm hoping this podcast can become. I mean, there's a lot of great fishing podcasts out there. There's a lot of great podcasts that, that bring you so many different things. All we're going to be is a podcast that 
brings you the real conversations that I have with real friends that I've known for years in the industry. And, um, I mean, I haven't watched it back. A lot of times you watch things and you're like, eh, well, that wasn't near as good as I thought. But I think that the things that Ike and Ellie said and, and just, just as open and honest as he, that conversation was, that's, that's what I want this show to be. I mean, it's not about having five guests, ten guests, two guests, one guest, half a guest. It's about having real conversations and, and, and being real. And, and to be honest, you, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it. I mean, this was never a goal of mine. I was happy doing the previous podcast that we did, but that didn't work out. And I'm way too competitive to say, okay, well, now I'm not going to do a podcast. So that's what this has evolved into. Um, but it's also something I love doing. I mean, I'm thankful that this podcast gives me the opportunity to have real conversations like I just did with Ike because let's be honest, without this platform, that doesn't happen. You don't call a friend up and say, talk to me about these topics. I mean, that's just, it's, you put yourself in those situations. It's just not something, I mean, I call Ike and we can have conversations about just like anybody else, you know, like how's your family? How's going on with this? What's changing with that? What, what do you think of this? But it's never what we just had. And, um, and I'm thankful for that. So that's what this podcast is about. It's about real conversations with real people and and no bull crap. I mean, if if you gotta chase crazy clickbait and titles to be successful on this platform, so be it. Uh, we will freaking do that. But <laughs> at the bottom line, it's just gonna be real conversations with real people. And um, I really appreciate you guys for watching and tuning in, you know, week after week. This is a big freaking week. I mean, this is the week in between two holidays. It was May, May 2-4, um, Victoria Day in Canada this past weekend and Memorial Day in the U.S. coming up. So uh, hopefully this hump day is a good one. I mean, hey, I'll get you. I mean, hump day's less, I mean, I guess since it's a... It's a short week for everyone. I mean, it was a holiday in Canada on Monday, and it's a holiday, I believe, in the U.S. on Friday. So hump day is like this podcast came to you sooner. So for just that very reason, please give it a like, subscribe, and review it on the pod, streaming things and all that stuff. And eventually, I will stop begging you to do things like that. But I will never stop working to bring you a real and different perspective on the... Now, God, I got nothing to say. We're done, I guess, you know? This is the part where I'm rambling and wondering why I didn't finish a few minutes ago. I mean, and so are you. I mean, so... Bye. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?